standing, please excuse my voice, turn to the book of Genesis chapter number 21, the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter number 21. As is our custom here, I will read out loud, you follow along with me silently, but we'll read this together. Genesis chapter number 21, starting in verse number 9. Genesis chapter number 21, and starting in verse number 9. Starting in verse number 9, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne to Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous to Abraham's sight because of his son. Verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman, in all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Go to Galatians, New Testament way, way up, heading towards the book of Hebrews. Galatians chapter number 4. Galatians chapter number 4, we'll pick up at verse number 22. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 22. Starting in verse number 22, Galatians chapter number 4. For it is written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, and he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. Agar is the Greek, um, same, same name but for Agar in Hebrew in the Old Testament. So when you read it, it's not talking about a different person here. Agar is Agar. In the Old Testament in Hebrew, it would be pronounced or spoken Agar. In the New Testament in Greek, it would be Agar. So this Agar is Mount Sinai from Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which is now, and is in bondage with her children. Verse 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest, and breaketh forth, and cry, that thou travailest not, that thou travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. That used to confuse the daylights at me too. You understand in Isaiah what he's talking about. Verse 28. Now we, brethren, now we'll pick it up here, ready? Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise. But as then, come on, stay with our story here, ready? He that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, which even so it is now, talking to us, okay? Now we're bringing the story forward, now he's talking to us by an allegory, a story from the Old Testament. Verse 30, nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman. We just read this, didn't we, in Genesis. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, very important, For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Our text verse be verse number 30. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. 
For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Father, thank you for the Bible. ask you to please bless once again tonight. Thank you so much for your kindness to us, Lord, this morning. How it encouraged. Thank you for the dear people's work and uh, the results of that. And Father, I pray that those that are on vacation or those that are sick will come back to us quickly and be with us before too long. Thank you for everything you're doing. Please bless in the service tonight. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You want to hear the story of how I made it through when life to change. me through the troubled seas, the one who fed the thousands, whose word could calm the tempest, he's my bread of life, and he's my still serve an amazing God. He's been with me every 
this old world is bound to change, but I'm glad I know the one who always stays the same, and my song will chapter number four. Verse number 30. Galatians chapter four, verse number 30. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For or because the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. There's a warfare going on in and around every born-again Christian. You didn't notice this before you got saved because all you were, if you were, was the old man, the natural man, the fleshly man. There was nothing but war. You may have had hard times, but that's not the kind of war we're talking about. There's always been this war going on. It's nothing peculiar to you. This has been going on since the time of Cain and Abel, all the way through Abraham, which we've been reading about all the way to the last man that will ever live. So this is not peculiar to you. Preacher, why am I going through this? It's new to you, but it's not peculiar to you. Too many Christians, though, are losing this war. A lot of it has to do with they don't understand what's going on. Now, I preached to you before about the flesh and the mind and these four laws that God has made there in Romans. We talked about that before. This is a tough war. It's a hard war. It's a long war. It's a constant war. It's not one that's easily to be won, but it can be won, and it needs to be won. I'm going to take you through some scriptures and describe to you what's going on with Abraham back in the book of Genesis. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter number 12, and let's begin there. Genesis chapter number 12. Look at verse number 1 through 5. I want to thank everybody for the work you put in this past week or two, inviting people folks and calling and showing up today and everything that you did. For those of you that should be here, you were here, thank you very much for that. Appreciate that. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Abram, now this is before he became Abraham, but still the same person, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land. Yes, that's hard for many Christians to do. Actually, even most Christians do not understand what this means. Verse number two, and I will make thee a great nation. You think this is just Abraham. It's not. I will make thee a great nation and, I, and, and, and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. This is another reason why America needs to stay on the side of Israel. 
and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot with him, Abraham was 70 and five years old when he departed from Haran. Verse number five. And Abraham took Sarai, now this is Sarah, later on her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah. Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and all the, so he's taking a lot of stuff with him. A lot of people, a lot of stuff. He just starts following the Lord, and the Lord told him, you need to leave everything and just follow me. He takes a bunch of stuff with him. Okay, you follow me so far? Okay, I'm talking about the Christian life, aren't I? And he said, and gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Abraham represents the individual, your will, your will. God gave you a will. It's called your brain. And in there, everybody have one? Okay. And in there, God, you're not a robot. You're not an angel. You don't do what you're told. You're not just messengers. God gave you a will. In that will, we come to find out here, that decision maker that all of us have, Abraham receives the call of God on his life and he begins to follow the Lord. So we have, number one, Abraham, the type of the will, the decision maker. All of us have those, believe it or not. Go to verse number 10 of that same chapter. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. In his early days, while he takes off following God, something unexpected happened. Isn't that always the case? We didn't plan on a famine. Who does plan on a famine? But it came nevertheless. He made a bad mistake. He turned to Egypt. Egypt represents the world. He turned to the world for his help because he had not learned to trust God that he was now walking with. This is a shock to a lot of young Christians. Why is God letting this happen? You have to learn how to walk by faith. You have to learn how to trust the Lord. And so he decides, I'll do what I've always done. I'll turn. He come from Ur the Chaldees, which was a, a heathen nation, a heathen city, idol-worshiping city. He was used to that. Whatever he was used to, when hard times hit, we normally resort back to it. So this is what's happening to him. So he went to Egypt for his help. Go to chapter 13, verse number 1. Chapter 13, verse number 1. Now Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and Lot with him. So he's still taking Lot with him, but he's leaving Egypt behind. Praise the Lord. He finally realized what he had done wrong by going to the world, listen to me, Christian, for their help. We lo He logic. There's a famine. Egypt has stuff we could use. Well, doesn't that make sense? But it was wrong. So watch what happens here. Go to chapter 15, verse number 6. Chapter 15, verse number 6. In verse number 6, the Bible said he believed in the Lord. Now, Abraham was already saved. God already called him out from the world. He was already following the Lord. Here he's talking about believing the Lord to follow him the way God wanted him to, which is another tough thing for young Christians to learn, actually a lot of Christians to learn how to do. So he left all following the Lord, and he went to Egypt. Now he's getting things back right with God. He's already saved. He has to learn how to trust the Lord. Abraham is growing in grace and in knowledge, and he's starting to trust the Lord. Go to chapter 16, verse number 1. Chapter 16, verse number 1. Now Sarai had a handmaid. I'm sorry, Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. Abraham went down into Egypt because he got into trouble because of a famine. It wasn't his fault. The decision was his fault. The famine wasn't his fault. And we come to find out here they went down there, and when they left, they took something with them. 
They took an Egyptian woman, made her a part of the family, went along with them, and now they're heading back trying to serve the Lord, trying to walk with God. And the Bible clearly says that Sarai had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Look at verse number 2. And Sarai said unto Abraham, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go unto my maid. This is an Egyptian. She's really not a part of the family. She's really not of the will of God. But watch what happens. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And so this is one of those times, fellas, during our marriage conference I taught you this. There are times you need to listen to your wife and there are times you should not listen to your wife. You say, well, preacher, when should I? You're going to have to get some discernment. So what happens here? He should not have listened to her. By the way, you know what's going on in the Middle East right now? This. The Arabs say Abraham was our father and he gave us the land. The Jews say, no, no, Abraham was our father and he gave us the land. The Arabs and the Jews come from Abraham. This is the problem. Abraham disobeyed God and the Arab nation got started. And God actually said, I'll make him a great nation. He also told the Jews that. So what's the problem here? Watch what happens here in verse number two. It, this is not God's plan. What you're reading right now was not, just because you're reading the Bible, this was not God's plan. This is not God's will. Hagar was an Egyptian woman from Egypt, which represents the world. This is not a good idea. What happened was Sarah got impatient, waiting on God to fulfill his promise. So she's going to help God out by making it work out at the wrong time and the wrong way. A lot of times we do this, we get impatient. So the very first son of Abraham was Ishmael, brought about by an Egyptian woman that would never have happened had he not stopped trusting God and went down into Egypt. A lot of times we start carrying a lot of baggage with us, not because God put it in our life. We disobeyed, and now we're paying for that. So Ishmael, watch, he comes from Abraham, a real part of Abraham. Ishmael was not an adopted son. He was actually of the seed of Abraham. It represents, ready? Ishmael represents the first birth, fleshly birth, the sinful birth, the natural man, all of that. He represents all of that. Now I'm going to explain to you best I know how or at this point what is going on with you, around you and in you, this battle that so many seem to be losing. Go to chapter 16, look at verse number 11 and 12. Genesis chapter 16, verse 11 and 12. And the angel said unto her, now he's talking to the Lord, I'm sorry. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, talking to Sarai, Behold, thou art with child, thou shalt bear a son, thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard of thy, of thy affliction. But he will be a wild man. Now the stories you're hearing about the Arabs and Hamas and all that, God said they, he would be a wild man. He's the father of the Arabs, Ishmael is. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand shall be against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So we find out here, by the way, God is not for this. This is all wrong. This should never have taken place. None of this was of God's will. None of this was because Abraham was following God. It was when Abraham wasn't following God that all this happened. All of this all of this strictly came about by man's idea, by fleshly means. Listen to me, Christian. By fleshly means. Look at chapter 18, 
verse number 10. Chapter 18, verse number 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. Now, Sarah's getting old, Abraham's getting old, and God said, you're going to have a miraculous birth. Not a virgin birth, a miraculous birth. I mean, you're way up in age, kiddo, and you're going to have pleasure with your husband. Before you get all embarrassed, it's exactly what the Bible says. Okay. And Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent, which she was behind. We come to find out she giggled and laughed about it in disbelief. And she actually said, shall I have pleasure with my husband yet? God said, I tried to tell you this, but you wouldn't listen. You thought it was too good to be true. So we find out here God had promised them a son, one born miraculously. I mean, they were way past the time of life when you should have had children way past the time of life. And come to find out here, this is the supernatural birth, one that God himself is going to have to bring about. So we have Ishmael, the flesh, firstborn, right? Not of the will of God. Had nothing to do with God's plan. Then we have this new kid coming along here, and we come to find out this is God's plan. God told them before they ever decided to help God out. God doesn't need your help. This is the will of God. Isaac is the will of God. Isaac is a miraculous birth, second birth. Are you following me? He is the second birth here. This is no son born out of slavery. This is a son born of a free woman. You understand? Okay, go to chapter 21. Chapter 21, verse number 1. And the Lord visited Sarah. Now he promised her back then, and now he's visiting her. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, as he had said, kept his word. God always keeps his word. He can't help but keep his word. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to God said, Abraham, ready, 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 Christian? Trust me. I'm God Almighty. When I say something, this is the way it's going to happen. But it didn't happen in, in the time they thought. So Sarai decided to help God out. Like God needs our help. This is going to happen whether you help or not. This is God's worse. It's just going to be that way. So what do we have here in chapter number 29? Look at verse number 3. And Abraham called the name of his son born unto him, whom Sarah bare unto him, Isaac. So now we have Ishmael, the firstborn. Now we have the second birth, Isaac. So we find out here there is none. There is now a second birth, a miraculous birth, a birth brought about by the will of God. This was miraculous. This, this should never have taken place. This should never have happened. I mean, the people, it's too old. I mean, if this is going to happen, it'll have to be of God, that's for sure. And guess what happened? The old girl got pregnant. So what happens now? Now they're all together. You ready? They're all together. Watch, watch what's together. Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac, all a part of the family. Now you have, watch, same thing. You have the Christian, the flesh, and the spirit. Hold on. You have the will of man, the law, and grace. All of this is living together. This is going to be a problem, I think. Go to chapter number 21, verse number 9. In chapter 21, verse number 9, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar. This is the woman that they brought out of it. They brought her out of Egypt. Sarah said, have a child by her, and I'll say it's mine. So the father was Abraham. The father was, it belonged to Abraham. 
Abraham made a decision. And they brought out an Egyptian slave girl from Egypt, from the world, and said, God is not fulfilling his promise. We're getting older. We better do something about this. And she told Abraham, her husband, and he said, oh, okay. That's one of those times, fellas, you should not have listened. Okay? So watch what happens here. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar. I'm in verse number 9, chapter 21. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Why did God put that in there? He wanted you to know which she had born unto Abraham. What was he doing? Mocking. He was mocking. He was laughing and scorning and making fun that the new kid that was just born, you never want to mount anything. I'm the firstborn. I was here before you. I do the running of things around here. Dad loves me. You understand that? So this is what Isaac has to put up with. So the son of Hagar, which was originated out of Egypt, fleshly, Mocking Isaac, the little one, the promised seed, the second birth. So this, all this, all, which came from God's word, the second born, the spiritual, all of this was in the same family. All of this in the same family. Listen to me carefully. Ishmael, firstborn, older, stronger, fleshly. Isaac, secondborn, younger, weaker, spiritual guy. Isaac, we come to find Ishmael, I want you to know this, was 13 years old when Isaac uh, was 13 years old when Abraham was 99 years old. Makes me hurt just thinking about it. Go to chapter 17. Let's back up and find out if what I'm saying is actually in the Bible. Genesis chapter 17, verse 24. Ishmael, the firstborn, is 13 years older Abraham is 99 years old. Look at chapter 17, verse 24. Chapter 17, verse 24. And Abraham was 90, and nine, 90 years old and nine, that's 99, when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh. So we have Abraham, he's 99. We have Ishmael, he's already 13 years old. Now watch very carefully. Isaac was born when Abraham was 100 years old. Can you imagine that? I mean, your kids are going to hang around until like 30 or 40, right? Live in the basement, play games all the time, that kind of stuff. Watch what happens here. Look at chapter 21, verse number 1. Chapter 21, verse number 1. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord said unto Sarah, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the, at the set time of which God had spoken. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah, whom Sarah bared unto him, Isaac. And Abraham was circumcised, I'm sorry, and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old as God had commanded. Now watch, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac so now we have Ishmael has a 14-year head start. We come to find out that the flesh had a head start on the spirit. We come to find out that the first birth was no good at all. It was not of God. It was not spiritual. It wasn't miraculous. It's not by the word of God. We come to find out God had promised you'll have a second son, a second birth. It'll be of me. I'm making it 
that only I could do this. Look, folks, I am breaking news to you. People that old can't have kids. Just understand that. There's a lot of medical reasons why. We'll just leave it right there. This makes Ishmael 14 years older than Isaac. Mom sees the older, not born of the promise, not miraculous birth, not the spiritual, born first, making fun, embarrassing, ridiculing, giving the, the, giving the second birth son a very hard time. Sarah informs Abraham. Now she finally, she's the one that caused this problem. She sees what she has done. She goes to her husband and said, you know my baby boy? Yeah, your son. You ever notice how people do that? Your son. Your son is picking on the child that God promised us. So what happens here is this. By the way, this is not going to work. You got this older boy, 14 years old, picking, making fun, and going to make life miserable for the younger one. You've got Abraham, who both of these are his son, one by a promise, one not by a promise. This is going to be very, very tough. Both of them belonged to Abraham. Both of them belonged to Abraham. Both of them belonged to Abraham. Go to Genesis chapter 21, verse number 10. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir. Why, does she need, why do they need to be cast out? Because they're not inheriting everything together. It's not going to happen. Listen to me, Christian. Well, let me explain that. Okay. In other words, cast him out who came first by the will of God that came out of Egypt, that which is not of God, in other words, the flesh and her son, cast them both out, which came, that which came with her. Watch, for, the, for, the, for, for or because the flesh shall not be partaker with him which is born second by the will of God. It's a miraculous birth and that's the son they should have had. That's the son that everything is promised through and should come through. You ever wondered why it's called the second birth? Born again. We're going to find out when we go to Galatians here that we read a little while ago. I'll show you something here. Now watch very carefully. This, this is not going to be easy. You have to understand, Abraham loved Ishmael. He didn't hate the kid. He loved him. He nourished him. He fed him. They probably went hunting together, spent time at night talking to each other. I mean, he, he, everything was going pretty well till the second kid showed up. However, the second kid was the kid of the promise. So that was of God. So now I've got this older boy, 14 years old, picking on this new kid that just shows up. However, the new kid is the one that the promise was supposed to come to. Abraham, the father, both of those are his kids. And now we come to find out that they need to be cast out. This is not going to be an easy decision. Kicking out Ishmael is not easy to do. You follow me? Chapter 21, verse number 11. The thing was very grievous to Abraham's, in Abraham's sight because of his son. This is not going to be easy. Even though it's not promised by God, Ishmael was not promised by God. Even though it came from out of Egypt, which everything about Egypt is nothing good about it, okay? Come to find out it represents the world. So there's nothing, all that's in the world, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, is not of the father, but is of the world. So anything that talks about Egypt, Pharaoh is a, is a type of the devil. Uh, Egypt is a type of the world. And they went down there and they brought this person out of there. Abraham found living in his home. 
Abraham found living in his home the son of the bondwoman and son of a free woman. He found living in his home that which by, was by the will of man and that which was by the will of God. He found living in his home Ishmael, the firstborn, the older, and also Isaac, the secondborn, and he who is of God. Here's going to get tough. He found in his home flesh and spirit. He found in his home law which will destroy and grace which gives life. You say this is an obvious decision. This is a tough decision. Many of us in here still haven't made that decision. They are all opposites. They cannot dwell together. One must go. One, Sarah said one must go. He wasn't sure. I don't think at that point he was fully sold on this. And then God said, she and her son have got to go. In this case, listen to your wife. She knows what she's talking about. Now, ladies, I'm sure you get to thinking and say, yeah, but you're not always right. Now, let's just be honest about that. So what happens here? Ishmael was as much a part of Abraham as Isaac. Now, listen to what I'm saying here. Ishmael was as a part of Abraham as Isaac was. He wasn't going, oh, I figured it out. Get out of here. No, it wasn't that easy. This is a struggle. This is a fight. This was going. Ishmael is as much a part of Abraham as Isaac. This is not going to be easy. He loved him. He nourished him. He fed him. He took care of him. He's been with him for 14 years. That's the only son he knew till Isaac showed up. Can't there be a compromise? I mean, you really have to kick the gun out. I mean, after all, he's been with me since birth. There's got to be a way to compromise. There's got to be a way to have them get along, to help both of them. I, I, we'll teach them. Abraham, couldn't Abraham find a way to control him and make him get along? Then it makes sense. They're both his son. There's got to be a way to make them get along. Understand, one came from Egypt. One was a promise by God. One represents the flesh. One represents the spirit. One was by the will of man. One was by the will of God. One was promised. One was not. No, this is not going to work. So God said, God said the bondwoman, watch, not just the bondwoman, and her son. They both need to go. Go to Genesis chapter 21 and verse number 12. Genesis 21 and verse number 12. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of the bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac, in Isaac, in I, not the firstborn, understand under the law, and most in most families, the firstborn is the one who takes over for the family. Something happens to the dad. And God said, no, because Isaac should have been the firstborn, not Ishmael. You stepped out of bounds. You went around what I told you I was going to do. You didn't want to wait until I performed this. You decided to take it upon yourself. And he says right here, for Isaac shall, be, shall thy seed be called. So what do we have here? God said it will not work together. It will not work together. One has got to go. Isaac is the blessed one, and one I will lead and guide and seek my will through. The other has to go. Now, Christian, you listen to me. Go to Galatians chapter 5. 
Galatians chapter number 4. His wife recognized this great struggle, though she was the cause of it. Now she has realized her great mistake in sin and said, Ishmael's got to go. Mom's got to go. He's got to go. Neither one of them should have ever been in this family. God never intended them to be a part of this family. You understand? But they were. For 14 years, he was a part of the family. They were very close. Abraham loved him. This is not going to be an easy thing to do. So look at verse number 21. Chapter number 4, go down to verse number 21. We read this earlier. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written, now he's going to take us right back to Abraham and his two boys. Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman, the other by the free woman. But he that was of the bondwoman was born of the flesh. He of the, of the free woman by promise. Which things are an allegory. An allegory, now we're reading this, the allegory and what happened to Abraham was to show us a spiritual truth by a literal something. It could be a cornfield, it could be here. And so he's saying, okay, get this picture. You know Abraham, he's in your history. You got Abraham, he had two sons. He had Ishmael, he had Isaac. One was born after the other. So he's describing this whole story. And watch what he says. For these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. It genders bondage. This doesn't sound good to me right now. For Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage of her children, with the children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Drop down to verse number 28. Now we, brethren, now he's, now he's bringing this forward. Now he's going to talk to us, okay? He's talking to us in this room right here. He's saying, okay, you remember the story? Okay, you got Isaac, you have Abraham. Okay, they stepped out of bounds. They had a, they had a child they should never have had. Everything was, was okay, but God never promised that. Then we have this second birth. His name is Isaac. So he's describing this whole story. Now he's bringing it up to us. Here, hopefully you'll understand the battle that you're facing. Watch what happens. Verse 28, now we, brethren, as Isaac, son of the promise, the spiritual, ready, are the children of the promise. But as then, he said, now you remember the story? Remember what happened back then? He that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is He was going through trying to figure out how am I going to do this. I love my firstborn son. I love my secondborn son. And God said right here, he that was born after the spirit, even so now. So you see, actually, you represent, if you would, Abraham. You have a will. You have a decision to make. The first person that was, if you would, born unto you was the flesh. That's why the Bible calls it second birth. Fleshly birth, first birth. Let's, okay, let's call this Ishmael. And the promise on the inside that only God could perform. You had nothing to do with the second birth. God made a promise. The second birth is the new kid, born again. So you had the flesh that was here before that. By the way, nobody saved as an infant. 
understand? So we come to find out your flesh, even if you were saved at five, your flesh got a head start. Your flesh got a head start. Bigger, stronger, you loved it, you cherished it, you took care of it, but it got a head start. Then the little one comes along, the second birth. This is, this is what's so frustrating. The second kid's going like this, but I don't understand. Why, why won't the flesh let me do what I want? Why does it always want me to do wrong? And, and he makes fun of him, and he mocks him, and you'll never amount to anything, and I was here before you, and I'll get my way even, and just keeps pushing and fussing and fighting and trying to get you out of the way. Now watch what happens. Verse number 30. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Now he's talking about Old Testament. What does it say? You ready? Here we go again. Cast out the bondwoman with her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brother, we are not children of, of, of the bondwoman, but of the free. Why would a person live under law willingly when they could be free from the law? Why? why? So, okay, Mount Sinai, Hagar, okay, bondage. Why? Why? Abraham, why would you willingly do that? Christian, why would you willingly allow that to happen? Why would a person stay in bondage they were born under when they could be free? Why would a person do that? Listen to me carefully. Why would a Christian accept the mocking of their own fleshly nature against their new nature, the free, the will of God in life, when victory is available to you. Why would we do that? Why would we keep giving in to the flesh when we could be walking in the spirit? I'm going to tell you why. Cast out the bondwoman and her son. That which started and was gendered in Egypt and everything that came with her, her son. The woman and her son. It started in Egypt, it came out of Egypt, and now everything that came from her is out of Egypt. So number one, Abraham, a Christian, must make a decision, us. We have a decision to make. Ishmael, the firstborn, the fleshly nature, is not of God. Your fleshly desires and nature has nothing to do with God. God never gave that to you. We did that. We made the decision. Abraham, uh, uh, Adam, uh, uh, Eve, all the way down through the line. They didn't force it on you. We, that was born in us, and we started feeding it and taking care of it. And actually, we kind of like our flesh. We like what it does for us. We like being around it. But why would a person do that? Why would a Christian accept the mocking when they could be free? Isaac, second born, spiritual, will of God, would never have the freedom. to live to Abraham like God promised as long as Ishmael, the older, the stronger, was running roughshod over the land. You want to know why we have such time, such a hard time living for the Lord? I just told you. Your flesh is stronger than you give it credit for. It is draped all over you and you allow it to have, actually you feed it. You nourish it. You baby it. You take care of it. But what does the Bible say? Cast out the bondwoman. You ready? Ready? And everything that came with her. It's got to go. So we find out here Isaac would never get full benefits. Isaac, the new kid, the second born, will never get the full benefits of what was promised as long as Ishmael's hanging around. 
You see, you have flesh draped all over you. It was here first. You took care of it. You watched over it. You brag about it. You want to know how strong I am? You want to know what I can do? Oh, yeah, I've already thought about that. My educate. All, all that is of Ishmael. So the new guy comes along. We have a lot of brand new Christians in this church, and this part right here is going, preacher, what's going on? You had Ishmael first, first birth, born again, Isaac. That was promised by God. That was miraculous. God had everything to do with that. You had nothing to do with that except accept it. Okay? God made a promise. You must be born again. So all of this is going on. Now, what happens here is this. Isaac would never be able to get all those benefits. As long as Ishmael's draped all over him and overshadowed him, he would never be able to fully be what God intended him to be. This is every Christian's decision. You will never be able to properly grow as long as your old fleshly ways and nature and thinking, etc., is striving to take over and us allowing it. Abraham had a tough decision. You see, he loved them both. He loved them both. You do too. Sure you do. We both, we love them both. You see, the thing is here, I know we love Ishmael. I know he's a part of us. Your flesh, talk about your body. This nature, it's a part of you. I know Ishmael has been with us for a long time on this journey. We've gotten used to him. Actually, we rely on him. When we're not sure what to do, we normally resort back to Ishmael. Why? He's been with us long. We've seen what he can do. Man, when push comes to shove, we trust him. I'm talking about our flesh. I know we trust him more. When we're in trouble, we normally turn to what Ishmael has taught us. But Ishmael is not included in the promises of God for the Christian. You can trust it. You may say it's working out, but it's not a part of God's miraculous plan for your life. Paul said, in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So he didn't say, I'm glad he put that, that, uh, that clause in there, that is my flesh, because in me is the Holy Spirit of God now. Okay, So he said, in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Paul was a born-again Christian, had the same fight you're having right now. Maybe in different areas, but he's still having the same fight because he has flesh, and that's part of that. Go to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 17. In verse number 17, it's, huh? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, for, every time you see the word for, almost always you can put in the word because. Okay, watch. Why? Because the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Ishmael against Isaac. This is not going to work. It has a strong desire against. You understand? This is what happened. Okay. That, that which I would do, I do not. And that which I do not do, that I do. So I find a law. There were actually four laws that Paul talked about during that time. Paul said, when I would do good, evil's present with me. How can that be? Because you still have Ishmael draped all over you. And you also, if you're born again, you have Isaac living in you, trying his best to inherit everything God wants him to have. So we run into this problem all the time. So what happens here is simply this. Look at, at uh, go to Romans chapter, I'm sorry. Let's finish up uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other. 
So our suggestion to Abraham is just make them both behave. Make them get along. Okay, it's the contrary. They, they will, it will not do. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, you know this is true. Sometimes you're praying. What happens to that thought? Now, you know that's true. Pastor or not, you know that's true. You know you're sitting in church service, and sometimes I will mention a Bible word, and your mind goes off somewhere else. You see, the flesh is always vying to take control, always leading, always saying, So go to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 13. He's talking to Christians here. Christian, listen to me very carefully. For if you live after the flesh, Abraham, you make the wrong decision. You're going to regret it all your life. For, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Not talking physically. Spiritually, you will die and it's just going to be bad. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body. So see, they both can't live. One's got to live, one's got to die. Now, good news, ready? You have to do this every day. Men come to me all the time, preacher, how do I get this junk out of my head? Watch, there's a real good answer for that. As soon as you die, it'll all go away. Until then, you'll be fighting this battle the rest of your life. Why? Because the older Ishmael got here first, and you fed it and nourished it, and you, you said, no, I was just a good person. You believe like the world. You act like the world. You trusted the philosophy of the world, how to raise kids like the world told you, send them to their schools. You did all this, and you actually babied and watched over and took care, and he's growing up. Then you got born again. Miraculous. God said you have to be born again. Look what happened. I can't believe it. But you don't understand the battle because your flesh got here before that second birth did. So mortified means to render insensible. It means to make dead. So he said here, you do mortify the deeds of the body. Every time your body wants to do anything contrary to this word, that needs to die. That is Ishmael trying to run roughshod over Isaac all over again. It has to go. It has to go. Now, I'm hitting on something, and your mind right now is going, does that mean, you mean I'll have to, probably that? Abraham, you got a decision to make. I know you loved and you, grew, you, you raised and brought up that boy. He's your friend, isn't he? He loved Ishmael. Ishmael loved Abraham. He was his real son. He's the one that gave him birth. Well, he came from Egypt, but it was his, it, he was dad. Then the promise came in. The second birth, born again. Now we're running into problems. You must, as a person with the second birth, do the same thing that Joshua and the children of Israel did before they went forward into the promised land. You go back and read about it. It took place at Gilgal. You know what happened at Gilgal? The Bible says this, roll away the reproach of Egypt from off you. The reason a lot of Christians cannot go forward in victory you have Egypt draped all over your reason. You're trying to get them to get along. You're trying to get them both to behave. And well, on Sunday, that's 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 Isaac, and 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 through the week, there's a little Ishmael there, and you know Ishmael wants to do this, and oh, okay, we'll get along with that. But then we go to church, and a preacher said, okay, there's Isaac, and now what am I going to do? 
this battle goes on, you're not going to make it through. Sarah said, this is not going to work, honey. The older boy, the fleshly boy, the one we should have never had, her and her son, everything that, that come with her, everything that grew up because of her is going to have to go. You want to know why we lose a lot of young Christians? They will not listen to you. You won't leave Egypt behind for nothing. You know why? You're so used to it. Friends, family, philosophies, idea, finances, you name it. You have a tendency to rely upon that. Why? It's been with you the longest. But now all of a sudden, God is preaching to you about casting it. Get rid of it. You'll never inherit all the blessings of God as long as you allow you, your first son, your flesh, It just will not work that way. So what happened here? Ishmael and Isaac could not stay. Folks, listen to me. You babying your flesh and say, well, I still like to do this and I still like to do that. And you know it's wrong, but, but you've overridden what God wants and said that it's not hurting anything. And you do it. And you may not even notice it, but the second boy, he's not inheriting everything that he had. The older one, is smothering him. Isaac and Ishmael can never get along. They will never get your flesh and the new person that God gave you, the one of miraculous birth, the second born, is never going to, it'll never agree with your flesh. The flesh will never agree with it. You go to Galatians, said these two are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. They don't like each other. They're not going to get along. Trouble is your flesh was here long before the spirit was. So it's called born again. The flesh will always get the best of the spirit. As long as we allow it to hang around and we keep feeding it. Just keep feeding it. You remember the old story about the, the, the Indian chief trying to explain to his braves about this new life and the warfare that's going on? You all remember that story? I see all of you have been around going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, new people don't understand that very much. Okay, give them a break. Let them think. So what happened was the brave, the, the chief was telling about salvation and then this big battle that goes on inside of a newborn again Christian. He said they always fight. He's trying to explain to them how this works. And so he used white dog, black dog, always fighting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So he's telling them this story. And one of them actually said, so which one wins? The one I feed or not? You feed the right one, the other one could starve to death. Keep skipping church. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You don't separate from the world. You don't. You're not letting Isaac grow up strong. And your flesh is saying, "Told you, you can't do. You can't do what you want to do." I'm running things around here, and you keep can't figure out why you keep losing to the flesh. This is the reason why. This is the battle that's going on. Abraham knew it was a right thing. He knew it was a right thing. He just didn't want to do it. His wife told him, and God finally stepped in and said, "She needs to go." And her son, everything that came with her, everything she produced has got to go. God told him it was the right thing to do. But right is not always easy, sister. This is going to be tough. You know all that stuff you've allowed back in your house now, your wife? All that stuff you allow on the job now? All of that stuff. That's not of the second birth. That is not of the miraculous birth. That's of your flesh that's trying to rob you of all of the great, the 
inheritance that God has got for you. Abraham must decide. He's got to get his will involved. You've got, well, if that's what God wants, never happened. You have got to get your will. He had to make a decision. It has to go. Why? God said. Now, if you're doing it, well, exactly what does that mean? You don't want to, my guy. You, you just don't want to. You don't even want to get started. God said, the woman, everything came with her. That son you love, yeah, he's got to go too. It's not, I didn't say it was an easy decision. I said it's a right decision to make. By the way, as years went by, Abraham was blessed. Blessed with a multitude. Blessed with victory. Blessed of God. Blessed with new land. Blessed with everything. It had everything to do with back when he was a younger Christian. Somewhere between 14 and maybe 17 years into following God. Now that, that's not a rule of thumb, I'm just saying. He's just getting started. Literally, what, like a 30-year-old thing. And so he made a decision back then. The bondwoman and her son, they've got to go. Why can't you get victory? Why don't you shout in church service? Why don't you praise the Lord? Why do you struggle to come to church? Why can't you give up money for the cause of Christ? Because Ishmael said, what about me? I'd like to do some stuff too. I mean, why, won't you, won't you, what about, what about me? <laughs> you have to understand, your flesh will fight and scrape and scratch and push for everything. You do not find out where Isaac fought back. God's spirit will lead and guide. He will not force and control and take over. You don't want God to have his way, he will not. But your flesh will fuss and fight and argue for everything it thinks is right. I got kind of used to that. Most of it for me was for 21 years. And even after that, I had to learn, no, that's got to go, that's got to die, I can't do that anymore, I've got to give that up. And you keep thinking, when will it end? You mean, when will you start getting all the blessings God wants, or when will it end, I can't enjoy sin anymore? Is that what you mean? If you have ever known what it is to live a real lame life, you'll know what I'm talking about. Ishmael got kicked out. He said, everything that's in me, I am giving it all to the second of the Abraham. You'll begin to inherit peace and joy and victory and power from God and right and decision making and wisdom and all these precious things you could be inheriting. But you keep trusting the flesh again. Yeah, the flesh says we're tyrants. Yeah, we're tired. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, you've got to work in the morning. You've got to get up like 8, 9 o'clock. Good grief. You poor thing, 8 or 9 o'clock. Oh, I shouldn't accomplish anything. And the Spirit's saying, that direction, you'll be fine. And the flesh says, I thought you had promised us better. See, you're staring right now like, yeah, he's got it. I don't got you. You got you. I don't got you. But I thought you gave your life to the Lord. Didn't we? Now, if you think it's going to be easy, it's not. I love the things my flesh loves. I got used to it for a lot of years. It's tough to say, no, 
This is the battle. This is the why. Old Testament, New Testament, the battle is won. 